Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this uh, podcast series we are doing from the Financial Planning Association Congress. Uh, I'm joined by Danny. Thank you for joining me, Danny. Thanks, Fraser. I'm still here. It's a mini series, but there's lots of ser- there's lots of episodes within the mini series. Absolutely, we covered 17 not, conversations yesterday. Is that not right, so many, Fraser? Not so many. <laughs> Do you want to introduce our next our next guest on yeah, the podcast? We have Ben Martian, so head of policy. Is that the correct term, head of policy at the FPA? I've actually had a title change. So oh, have I'm you? Should, the, I, should I start that again then? No, no. Because <laughs> that's how I've always known you, Ben. Well, yeah, no, so I, I'm, I'm technically the general manager of policy and advocacy, but I like my old title, which was head of policy, strategy and innovation, because I like the strategy. Uh, ben, thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. New, new title, new role, uh, same same position, same job. Same job. Amazingly, this Everything, you know, yep. Ben will do it. Um, you will also get uh, dubbed within the Financial Planning Association as the, the guy who loves technology. So anything that there's technology involved, oh, ben, ben will take take care of it. It's more I – well, when you're reading 300 pages of legislation and writing 150-page submissions to government and, and regulators, you need something to keep you sane. And uh, technology is that for me. Fantastic. And uh, so, one of the sessions we want to talk about in this—it's uh, close to your heart self, as well. Selfishly, Fraser. I want to talk about it—is uh, one of the sessions that came on the day before the congress started. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that session. So, we have been running training sessions for members on doing video SOAs, and the idea there is that if you have a look at ASIC's regulatory guide ninety, what they say is that they're technology neutral and. Fraser and I worked two and a half years ago on a paper called The Future of the SOA and we tried to encourage everybody to use digital tools to better engage their clients and I think with COVID, Royal Commission implementations, everyone's gotten really busy so what we wanted to do was go really extreme. What's the most, what's the cheapest and most efficient and most engaging way to provide an SOA to the client that's legal and video is it. And I was uh, I was reflecting yesterday in the gin session that we had. Um, that would have been interesting reflections. It was, and I probably reflected a bit more on the quality of the gin later in yeah, the, the night. Yeah, the Christmas one was my favourite. Yeah, it was, it was good. Good. But I'm feeling it a little yeah, today. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is early this morning. And he was talking about the sandwich theory, which he, and he was talking about the fact that people don't like to cross the road to buy a sandwich. And what we do in financial planning is we spend 10 to 15 hours making a sandwich that nobody wants to eat. Mm. Um, so the video SOA is the sandwich theory that the, the most efficient way to document the advice that you're providing to a client is to record it when you tell the client. So as long as you meet the eight requirements of a statement of advice. I, I, I love the word document uh, as a documentary. Yes. It's documented on film, uh, not on, not necessarily on paper. I think that's uh, certainly something that is a, something that people can get their head around. Um, I, I also refer to the document of advice being the document of advice and a statement being the words that come out of your mouth. Yeah. Um, now, the statement of advice is one of those things that's a, a regulatory disclosure requirement. There's lots of moving pieces to that puzzle. For example, you need to make sure you've got a basis of advice and you know your client. You've got to make sure that you've scoped the advice appropriately. Uh, you've got to make sure you cover off on strategy and product and how you selected product. And you've got to make sure you talk about fees and all the other things. So how do, they, how do uh, planners do that then in, in the process of a video? I mean, one of the, I think, the key takeaways that you've spoken about a lot is the fact that 
it's not a pre-prepared video. No, it's not a pre-prepared video. So when you're in that meeting with a client where they're where you're providing the recommendations to them and you're talking through the strategies and you're talking through the products, as long as you hit the eight points that you need to in an SOA, then you have met your disclosure obligations in terms of the SOA. The only really tricky one is how you put a cover page on an SOA with the title statement of advice with your AFSL number and, and who's providing the advice. Um, but if you get past that one, you will go through the client's financial position, you'll go through their goals and objectives, you'll go through the strategies, you'll go through the products, you'll talk about the benefits and disadvantages of those. If you're replacing one product with another, you'll have that conversation with a client, you'll have a conversation about fees. And if you're doing all that, then you meet all your regulatory obligations in terms of the SOA. And so the only thing that you probably want to think about and your licensee might want you to think about is how, make, how you make sure you cover off all of those things and so what we've done is created an agenda that is just a plain slide deck which you can make look really good you can you could print it out and put it on the table and make sure you go through the points you could create it into a presentation you could build it into your software flow um, but it makes sure that you go through all the points you need to to cover off all your regulatory obligations yeah. it's interesting we were speaking to Corey yesterday who's now started to embed the video yes. SOA. So he has saved, was it six hours in that process? Yeah, dramatically changed their advice process. And it was and really, the scalability of advice as well. And he was sort of talking around how it was really nice where finally there's a space where the client experience and great advice can actually lead the process rather than a compliance framework. So that's, yeah, I mean, how is the adoption? Beyond, like, are there people taking up the ideas? What's, what's the adoption of this SOA in yeah, video so, form. so we've had well, around 140 planners come through the training sessions that Fraser and I have run um, awesome. over the last 12 months or so. That's a lot of hours potentially that is a saved. Lot of hours. And um, we've got a we've got a great community of of planners who are helping each other and having conversations about how to get their compliance teams across this, how to get their PI insurers across it, what technology they're using, um, and we're seeing a lot more members out of that 140 start to actually produce video SOAs for their clients. And the feedback we're getting is that depending on how long it takes to edit up the document, they're saving 10 to 15 hours per client wow. in the advice process, which is probably seeing another two to three clients a week, awesome, even a day um, in, in doing that and saving all that back office time and, and effort. And the clients love it. Because as much as you say, as much as people kind of go, are clients really going to be comfortable watching a video back? People actually love watching videos of themselves. That's why we have mobile phones and that's why we take videos of our experiences. Selfies. Selfies. They're all the thing in Bondi where I live. (laughs) But it's it's also the fact that... um, when we talk about watching a video of themselves, it's re-watching the video, right? Because they it's were, they were right. already in the conversation in the first place. They experienced 100% of the advice. They're, they're, it's not like they didn't read the document of advice that, you know, they can't get away with saying, I didn't know it or you didn't tell me at the time mm. because they were there. They, were, they experienced it. And different learning styles as well. Like if you're, if you're if, if hearing how someone speaks or reading something is not your learning style and it's not my learning style, I'm a very visual learner. It's very difficult to take a lot of information in when it's presented in a way that doesn't absorb. So having this video SOA and, and thinking how you include it into your software flow, as you said, Ben, is you can get really creative with adapting it to that person's learning style because you really want them to understand the advice given. 
Absolutely. And Michelle Levy was talking about it yesterday on stage. She was talking about the fact that the current legislative framework creates this process flow and, you know, it says who can provide advice and who can't and, and what documents you have to provide the client and what your conduct obligations are. And she says it doesn't make sense. What the client wants is advice. And the, the real way the client gets the advice is when you speak to them and you have the conversation with them and you make the recommendations to them and they say, yes, that makes sense to me or no, that doesn't make sense to me, let's change this around. That's when advice is provided. Yeah, I, I, I really think that from a consumer point of view, there's two things they want. They want advice, but they want a plan. They want a financial plan. And most people come in thinking that they're going to get a financial plan. And when they see a document, they think, oh, that must be my plan. Um, and people have said to me, and we've had a lot of, you know, yeah, but what about that conversations over the years? And people have great objections, which are all worth exploring. Um, and, and, and even right now, uh, planners say to me, look, you know, I think my clients would still want some sort of paper and I'm thinking, well, do, do, a, do a plan. Give them a plan, what they pay for. That's a really good point. Yeah. And, uh, and, so, and so if we, if we get back, if we've done the disclosure requirements in the conversation, then the, the, a document, uh, we're talking about a paper or a visual piece of paper that and it might be online but it might be able to be printed, um, could still be something that's a lot more visual and, and be more around you know, their plan rather than uh, the, the disclosure requirements. Absolutely. And part of the problem with 80-page, 100-page SOAs is an A4 piece of paper restricts you in how you communicate with clients. Whereas if you provide them with a, a plan, uh, there's lots of technology solutions that give you an infinite canvas. You can make that plan as yeah. big or as little as what you need and the client can zoom in and zoom out and and engage with it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, I think one of the big blocks with, with a lot of the technology providers out there has been trying to convert that that content that they're creating or, or the or the graphs they're creating or the data that, that you know they're producing into a document and if you if you're avoiding that piece, you can still demonstrate on a on a visual screen and in a beautiful way what that uh, what that you know projection might look like, or that strategy outcome might look like, uh, or that product selection might look like in on a screen, rather than having to then convert it to to an A4 piece of paper. That's right, and I think you know even technology is guilty of this. They're guilty of of creating a process and creating tools and creating solutions that they think consumers want but what they're actually producing is what licensees want um iris yesterday was on stage talking about the fact they've got two and a half thousand screens that a financial planner can go through when they're talking to their clients about advice that's not what clients want clients just want to know how they can meet their goals and objectives they just want to know how the strategies are going to make their life better and you know some of them are going to understand salary sacrifice and some of them you're going to have to talk through the process Mm. One of, the, one of the things I really enjoyed through this process, Ben, is the fact that there's been no legislative change required to do this. No. Uh, we're not waiting on the legislation changes. There's been no different technology systems have to be prepared. Everyone's currently using Zoom or Teams, and they know how to record a, a meeting. Absolutely. Yes. And, no, and that and that and that's exactly what we're pointing to. You can, in the conversation you have with the client, you meet all your SOA obligations. You, to your point, Fraser, we're already using Zoom. You just need to make sure you've got a camera that picks up you and picks up the client. You need to have a microphone that picks up the conversation and you need to record the screen to show them the information you need to show them and you're, you're done. Yep. And ASIC, uh, I mean, we've got ASIC coming at uh, a session shortly. Um, I'm going to ask Leah 
Shaka from ASIC, the, the lead of advice at ASIC, is video SOA all right? And I know she's going to say yes because we've had that conversation that many times. The regulator says they're technology agnostic. As long as you meet your obligations, then it doesn't matter how you document your advice. You started this process many years ago, like talking around the, the video SOA. Has the regulator always been as supportive or has that been the journey that you've taken? Like from the beginning, did they say, yes, we, we're agnostic on how this is delivered? Like what's that journey been like? Yeah, no, in- we, so in 2017, uh, ASIC redid RG90 and they had some consultations and, and Fraser, you were in a different different job, but I was here at the FPA at the time and we started having conversations and we ASIC kept making the point we're technology neutral we don't we don't really care what the document mm. format is as long as you meet the obligations and and we asked them to clearly spell out in rg90 uh our infographics all right and they said yes infographics all right our videos all right yes videos all right our audio clips all right yes audio clips are all right can we do it digitally can it be in an html file rather than a, a paper-based format Yes, that's fine. And we kept going through a list of different technologies and they kept saying, yes, that's fine. So since 2017... As our previous answer, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. So ASIC, um, ASIC in their regulatory guides, uh, RG90 talks about the SOA. RG244 talks about uh, the, the delivery of disclosure obligations and it talks about being technology neutral. So they've, they've said it's fine. And then the other yeah but that comes up is, is yeah, but what's Africa going to think about it? And uh, and you know we can we can grab the guys from Africa who are here as well, but um, but they love watching videos. The conversation you have with the client and what they can do is really quickly point out to the client. Actually, that thing you're complaining about, you and the planner talked about it at minute fifty three. Yeah, makes it quite clear. And you explain back to the planner what that strategy was and why that product was right for you and why you agreed with it and why you understood it, it met your goals and objectives. What are you complaining about? Yeah, any, any dispute resolution is very fast for both Africa or PI for that matter. They either know straight away whether it is a claim or it's not and it gets settled. So that there's not that ongoing large legal obligations around you know, trying to gather all the, the evidence is all, all there. And and when um, the regulators do those file reviews, they do a full file review. It's not just the video, that, the, the, the statement of advice or whatever it might be. It's everything that you've got. So all your file notes and all those sort of things as well. So it's, it's very much around, um, you know, a, com- a complete file note. Um, and just, just on ASIC, I've, from all the dealings I've had with ASIC over the years, they're, they're they're not so much the, the police like they're made out to be. They're actually just the protector of consumers, right? And so most planners that I know are also the protector of consumers. And so they're kind of on the same play, page to me as a lot of planners. And I know that there's this fear of ASIC when really the fear shouldn't be of ASIC. If, if you're doing the right thing by your consumers and you're protecting them, then you, you're on the same page. No, and I think if you have a look at the action ASIC has taken against financial planners over the years... They're pretty egregious examples of terrible things that financial planners have done to, to clients. And ASIC should be taking action against those people who are ruining clients' lives and, and creating a bad reputation for planners. But they're not the bad guys in any of this. And, and I have a very, very strong and good working relationship with ASIC. And I can ring them up and ask them questions and clarify things. And they're real... 
nice, yep. lovely yep. people. And one of the things I just want to quickly cover too is that we, we get this question a lot is it's great if you're doing a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting, you can record that uh, online and you've got the client at their house and you, you at, at you know, you in your office. But what about for people coming into offices, people coming back into offices, how do you do a video SOA for in, in person? Yes, I mean, it can be as simple as just pointing the camera at the room and making sure you've you've got both you and the client in there and hit record on the Zoom meeting that you otherwise would have been doing. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of screen capture technology if you want to get a little bit more sophisticated. But if you're used to using Teams, if you're used to using Zoom, just start up a Zoom meeting and only have one participant in it, which is the room, and share the screen into it and... You're yep. capturing everything. And probably the final objective I want to get to before we uh, uh, finish this podcast is the concept of recording and that mindset shift that if people aren't currently recording their, their meetings, they, they have a fear around, oh, clients wouldn't want to, and yet when every time we talk to people who record their meetings, they clients never say no, hardly ever say no. Uh, I think we had, we had one person who'd been recording their meetings for five years uh, two days ago, and he said he had one client in that five-year period said they weren't comfortable with the meeting being recorded it's yeah. not the right client for him yeah he records his meetings that's his process that client is not his client mm. yep fantastic i have a very simple question and i might be missing something here but this seems like a, a, such a logical solution it seems like it, it's almost for lack of a better example at the uber like the uber that was always something that we should have had but took so long to get here or the airbnb what, what has been the delay in bringing... If, if ASIC's never had a sort of a problem with how technology's delivered and this has been something that's been taking a bit of time to come through, I know you've been talking about this for a long time, Fraser. What, what it, is it just how thorough the process has been or has there been... Because it's taken a couple of years to bring this to life for people to start adopting it. What's been the, the t- sort of time delay? So there's, there's two issues in my head and maybe you've thought of some more, but... Mm. Um, Issue number one is when the Corporations Act came about and statements of advice were, were put into the law, honestly, the best piece of technology you could, you could use to consistently provide advice to your clients at that time was, was word processing. And so it was a natural, natural way to deliver uh, documenting your advice to the client was to use word documents. That made sense at the time. You could... It was a step use, up from using the typewriter at the time. It was. And and you could use templates and it, it was the most efficient way to do it. The reality is we've had, it, and it's not today, the, the, the quickest and easiest way to create a document today is to pull out your phone, to your point, turn the camera around so it's recording you and press record. And that's the quickest way to document something today. But the reality is we've had nearly 20 years of constant regulatory change. And so any time a financial planning business has had the opportunity to sit down and, and actually make a change to their business, it's probably to be, been to implement some piece of regulatory change. You think since 2007, 2008, we've gone through the GFC, so that was chaotic for us. We then had FOFA. We then had the Professional Standards and Education Framework. We had the Life Insurance Framework. We had the Royal Commission. We've had the Royal Commission Implementation I can go on. I mean, yeah, they're just, been they're a bit just on the, the big ones, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. So so anytime we've had time it's or a nice more money, have. we've had to make regulatory change. Mm. So we haven't had time to sit down and, and think about is paper still the right way to record? I, I, also think, I also think if we go back to that when FSR came in in 2001, 
the lawyers read through the legislation. They went, um, this is a, a, obviously it's a document. Of course it is. What could about else could it be? Because everything that legal uh, has done over the past, whether it's writing wills or creating contracts, has been on paper. Yeah. And so they, they were charged with the task of creating a document that would suffice to the, the legislation. And so ever since then, we've been uh, at the mercy of the legal Paternity that says this is how we do things. Now, the the fact that the statement of advice is not a document. I'm sorry, it's not a contract. It doesn't have to be a document. It can be a statement. You can state it, uh, just as we're stating our opinions on the podcast today uh, without anything in writing. So I think um, uh, I think we get stuck in this place. And the compliance teams for AFSLs they just do what the lawyers say. You know, they just go, well, we've got to make sure that that our business model, which is our license, doesn't get taken away, and then we do that through a legal form. So I think what's happened is it's been legally led uh, and not so much consumer led. And the whole purpose of a statement of advice is to provide the client with the relevant information that that particular client needs to make an informed decision, right? Whether to proceed with the advice or not proceed with the advice. And that is the purpose of a statement of advice. It's not about producing long documents, which we're about used to. Clients come in, they want advice, they want plans, uh, and we go and give them an SOA because that's the way the lawyers assumed. We need a contract, but it's not a contract. Oh, that's my high horse. <laughs> I'm getting on my soapbox. Gosh. It's a good soapbox. I learned a lot from that. Thanks, Fraser. <laughs> I'm just like, blah, information. I think we probably should wrap this one up. Um, that, that, we'll wrap Fraser that, up. That's what yeah. I just That's why it takes a full day session to uh, train everybody up on. Somebody turn Fraser's mic down before he gets himself in trouble. But the, the training sessions we're doing, we're answering all these questions, we're answering these yeah buts, we're talking to compliance people, we're talking to lawyers, we're talking to, to PI. Um, but the training session is really about making you comfortable with the, the process, what you need to actually cover off. And then we do a heap of, of live action plays. We get, the, we get the bad video SOAs out of the way in a safe environment. Uh, with us and and at what our members are doing is going away having done two or three video SOAs in the training session and they're ready to go back to their office and start doing it with their clients. Yep, that's and the it's point. so fantastic that so much rigor is being put into this rather than just being adopted because if everyone's really thinking about it and thinking about whether it's something they want to do and it's taking a lot of time to, to think through that and work through that, I, I don't think that that's a bad thing. Is no. that they really care about the quality of whatever they're doing. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I'll just repeat what we said at the moment. It, it's a recording of the meeting with the client. It's not standing in front of a green screen and, and just speaking out into the world. Um, that That is adding additional time to your advice process the same way that, that creating a paper-based SOA is. We're talking about recording the meeting, you're having the meeting anyway, writing the advice anyway, just record it then and there, yep. meet your regulatory obligations and you're done. Follow follow a fairly strict agenda that makes sure you covers your points and actually make your points. Yep. Save file, share the client, SOA out the door. And that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Fraser. Thank you.